Hey, 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 it's your favorite career coach, Crystal Williams, and you are now tuned in to the Peculiar Career Chit Chat Podcast. I'm back in the Peculiar Palace on the mic again this week to not only empower and position you to be all you can be to thrive in your career, but to also give you peculiar strategies that infuse faith to accelerate in your nine to five career journey. Let's jump into the episode. Welcome back to a special edition of the Peculiar Career Chit Chat Podcast. This is the Faith Over Facts Career Spotlight Series, and I had the pleasure of talking with Dr. Charlotte Walker, and we had so much fun during this conversation. So many gems were dropped, and I'm just so excited to share it with you. This is the third edition of the series well, this portion of her interview, <laughs> as you can say, our conversation was pretty long, but very informative. So I hope that you have your notebook and you're able to take plenty of notes in regards to these career gems that we are both dropping. Okay. And so before we jump into the episode, I definitely want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by the You Brand Academy, my career coaching and consulting firm. As a career coach, folks ask me all the time, how can I get unstuck and start accelerating in my career journey? So I created a course just for you entitled Career Acceleration Secrets Disclosed. This course will provide you with strategies you can implement right away to reach new heights in your career journey. And as a result of investing in this course, you will know the career accelerator mindset, know the career acceleration success secrets, and last but not least, know the five pillars of career acceleration. So what are you waiting for? Invest today. The link to invest will be in the show notes. All right, enjoy the episode. We all have that level of, you're still interacting with humans. If you're a teacher, right? Like you need to be praying. I would come in early and pray over the office. I got into the habit of that, praying over the office, praying for myself, praying for my staff, praying for whatever patients came in that day. Um, And just really making sure that I was giving, setting the atmosphere for God, even in a space where they say that you can't do that. You don't know this. That piano music you hear come when you come in my office, baby, that is Daffy T Keys. Okay. You don't know that this that this is playing Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper like in the Darkness. Yes. You go get these keys. And so it it really is about you giving God the authority over everything, over everything. Everything. I love that. And that is definitely something I tell you all. All the time, you have to set the atmosphere in your workplace. Set it. Pray over yourself. Pray over your coworkers. Pray over, and it doesn't have to look weird, strange, or nothing like that. It's a matter of you consulting God first, not mm-hmm. consulting your coworkers, not consulting you know whoever you need to throughout mm-hmm. the day, but consulting God first so he can definitely set the atmosphere in your workplace so he can orchestrate your day. I challenge you to show up 30 minutes early. Yes. I, that, that is, it changed the game for me because when I was getting frustrated and feeling tinkered out, I would show up when I like win the first appointment. Okay. I'll be there then because I felt like 
it's easy to rebel. They're not, they, you know, they don't care about me. I'm not going to care about this place. And then God had to say, who you, who do you really work for? Mm. Let, let's be mm. clear. Who do you really work for? And then once he did that, I was like, man, let me get my life together. That would be checking us, don't he? <laughs> let me get my life together because it was it's the glory gather of God for me. The glory uh, gather me, God. Gather me whole. I was like, God, please gather me whole. Yeah, I love it. So look, y'all, y'all didn't been challenged. Go arrive to work 30 minutes early, at least 30 minutes, because you're gonna need some time to regroup. Y'all be complaining about the toxic work environments, but y'all ain't setting the atmosphere. You have the power and the authority. You you have authority. That is like the number one authority. Like I tell people all the time, take authority over your career and in order for you to do that you must set the atmosphere i don't care if you're working remotely set the atmosphere in yeah. your home yeah set it in your office space over yeah. your house your apartment wherever you at set the atmosphere yeah. okay because people don't here's the thing about authority we have authority through submission mm-hmm. and that looks weird we've no authority in the world is that i'm going to usurp my preference what benefits me over you so when you think about like slavery mm-hmm. i'm going to i'm going to force you into this and so it was this forced authority but we have to remember that the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy he takes everything that god meant for good and he tries to use it for evil so there's all you're always you always see two versions of everything you'll see two versions of marriage in the world you'll see two versions of parenting in the world where we have all these broken families and broken homes if you don't think that that's not strategic by the enemy because what's supposed to happen is we're supposed to be representations of god to our children and we build more little christians and more little christians and more little Christians. And so he's going to come in and he's going to destroy that. So the same way with authority, he's going to come in and pervert what that's supposed to look like. So now you don't feel safe to give God authority over your life. Mm. Because history shows us that when you submit to something, it, it doesn't work out well because you're not used to the true master having your best intentions because we were taught that the the masses masses with an s <laughs> that they they were doing this for their own gain but it's different when you work for the lord you have authority through submission so you get there early even if you can't walk the building sit in your car and command the atmosphere mm-hmm. and i learned that i had i've just felt better starting my day like that because especially if you are a leader in the workplace as soon as I hit the door, I was like, I don't know how parents work jobs and go home and still be parents. I really was like, I don't understand. I would get tired of hearing my name. Dr. Charla, Dr. Charla, Dr. Charla. Dr. Charla, Dr. Charla. I would hide in my car on lunch break because y'all don't even care that we on lunch. Don't come <laughs> to me. Leave me alone. Like, go to your car, set your own boundary. Hello. Yes, right? <laughs> We have to be able just to have that time to be able to have my own thoughts in the morning, look at my schedule, check, um, because sometimes the schedule, the call center, that's a whole nother conversation, child. Why is this 40 year old man on my schedule? Mm-hmm. Y'all, didn't, y'all didn't consider the fact, that, but because I floated, it was just all kind of weird. People are like, your schedule is always so weird. It got so bad that they had to assign somebody to review my schedule before um, mm-hmm. I was at the clinic because I'm like, why do I always get these weird things on my schedule because I don't have an office home, right? Mm. And so 
Um, I would just have the ability to come in, check my email, you know, finish up any charts from the day before and just really give God my morning, set the day, set the schedule. Um, and really just give God free flow, right? Matthew 6, 34 says, don't worry about tomorrow. I've got enough issues of us all. Worry about today. And that doesn't mean that you're not strategic, but that was the, the scripture that God anchored me in when he had me going back to school, working full-time and running a, an organization. And so you have to be strategic. And there would be days where I'm like, you know what? God, I'm not going to sacrifice my time at home to do homework. So, you know, I'll figure it out. And I would get to clinic and, you know, half of my morning patients don't show up. I'm like, mm, well, this is where I'm going to do my homework, right? Yes. Come and so once I started submitting my day, like really just submitting it to him, he made provision for me to do everything, everything I needed to do and still find rest and still have boundaries. And so true authority requires submission. It's just what you're submitting to. And a lot of times we submit to the wrong things. You will say, I don't, I would say like, how are you going to say, you will get up when you don't feel like it to go to a job that you hate. You will get up every day, but you have a God that you love. Allegedly, you say you love him and you, you will give every reason as to why you can't speak to him, see him, spend time with him. That math, that's bad math. The math okay, seven times zero is still nothing. Still <laughs> All nothing. your efforts times zero is still nothing. It's still nothing. Ooh, that is so good. I love how you broke down true authority is the submission part. Mm-hmm. And so many of us, even myself, at one point was just, I want to do all the things and I'm just not ready to submit. But I can definitely relate once I truly surrendered my life to God, my career journey to God, I saw a total difference. Just like you said that, oh, God made a way for me to do my homework. And I just, I chose, you know, just to submit to God. He will make a way for you. This literally just happened to me. I was so tired. I was literally tired. I was like, and I had so, and I had a packed schedule the next day. And I was like, God, I ain't ain't even got time to look at the schedule, but I just know that you're going to handle it. So anyways, I went to sleep, (laughs) went to sleep and woke up in the morning and God had it all set up. When I tell you everything lined up, like it was supposed to do, like be, It was amazing. I was like, well, God, I didn't even really have to do all the things that I thought I had to do to even prepare for the day. I just let you, I rested in you and I literally rested physically too. And and honestly, once you have that realization, that's all you have to do. Crystal, this morning, this morning on today, I got up, did my cardio, and I was sitting there, I said, God, I'm so tired. I'm like, I'm tired. I don't, I don't know why I'm, and I don't, I like naps on the weekends, but I don't take, like, I don't take, like, typically take naps. You're not part of the nap ministry. Oh, the ones after church on Sunday are anointed. (laughs) God. But I, but during the week, I'm usually good. And so I was like, I am tired. I have been intentional because your girls get breakfast. Healthcare providers, we are the worst. So, so I, I got breakfast. I ate, ate good, had me a little omelet. 
And I was like, okay, let me try to get as much done as I can because, you know, I have an interview. I want to be prepared for that. And I walked with the steps and God said, take a nap. I said, a nap? Because I usually have a hard time get, like falling asleep. I was like, all right, I got but an hour. Okay. And according to my husband, allegedly, when I when I try to take them with cat naps, I, you know, may not have seen the face of the Lord yet. Like I wake up and I got latitude. <laughs> okay, so I'm like, a nap. That's okay. When I tell you, I lay down, set my alarm, got up so we could do this interview. I feel great. I don't know where all of this is coming from because your girl was was toast <laughs> this morning. And I don't, it just, it's being okay with it not being hard. Some mm. of them easy. That's so good. Tatum told me that. She's like, Charlotte, your my struggle, and she's right, and this is why you have to have good friends and wise counsel. Your struggle is that you are so used to everything being high stakes life or death right those stories i told y'all those are real stories mm-hmm. i am programmed for everything to be high stakes some some of the the, the reels ain't that deep <laughs> like this isn't this is not hard and i'm still dealing with life or death especially when we talk about bible study and things like that and i take that very very seriously mm-hmm. i like to cut up i like to have a good time um i feel like it makes the it makes the word more relatable but please know through and through, I understand the assignment and I understand the weight of the assignment because that's still life or death. There's so many people who have detached from God because they, they ate bad food and got food poisoning in the spirit. And now they just soar off all the food altogether, which is doesn't make sense to me, but, but <laughs> it happens. And so I understand my position when God told me that he wanted me to teach. I told him no. I saw the Bible. It said that you get you get judged more harshly. Who has time for that? I don't want no smoke. Okay. No. no smoke. I've seen what you do. I read the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, I say smoke from anybody else, but no, I hate smoke from God. Like, no, Jehovah. No, sir. I totally understand. But we have to understand that it's okay for things to be easy. And when it it that's what aligns with his word. He says, My my yoke is easy, the burden is light. So if it's not feeling light and you know that you're living your life for God, there's you are you've picked up a cross somewhere that don't belong to you. You need to put it down and get your own weights back. Okay. You didn't try to you out here trying to do bodybuilding, you know, you trying you trying to get ready for bodybuilding, just get the fives, girl, and call the day. Cause that's what that's what it is. And I was like, I don't have time to like take a nap. I got this too. And I got I, I, all these things I could be doing. But also I need a nap. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. And it's, it's such a beautiful feeling to rest in God. Mm-hmm. To rest in God. And a lot of us, you know, professionals, we like how strong. Like, huh? Yes. <laughs> but when you literally rest in God, you will be surprised. You will be surprised. Like, test God. Try God out. Taste and see. Try him. Yeah. Okay? And when you try him, I promise you, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Literally. It, it took it took me going into full-time entrepreneurship yes. to, to understand this. Like, I'm like, God, I'm tired. I'm going to take a nap. Yeah. Take a nap. Take a nap. 
clients get uh, scheduled getting filled, uh, clients paying in full. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Like, I just told you to rest. Rest yeah. and let me do the, let here's me the, do the work. Here's the thing that I want people to, to know. And I'm, I'm writing this book about building transformative faith. Because a lot of us, a lot of us, a lot of us perform and we're high performers. You don't have to perform for God to love you. He, Mm. he, it's, this is not a, um, a transaction has taken place, but it's not transactional to where now you have to do all of these things in order to get God's love. He loved you before you even made it to this little ghetto earth. Okay. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you, meaning that he had a plan for you, meaning that he knew your likes and your dislikes, meaning that y'all had an intimate, we had an intimate relationship with God before we were even here. And so the world will make us feel like if I'm not doing something of value, then people will not value me. And that's not, that's not how God works. He values you because you are his and you belong to him. It doesn't matter what you do or what you don't do, because a lot of us get into this performance because we, we are so, our heart's in the right place and that we just want to make God proud. But he's not asking, we don't have to sacrifice ourselves all over again. Jesus did the hard work. We just need to come in and do what he says and live life different because he came so we could have life more abundantly. And a lot of us live below abundance. Yep. Yep. A lot of us live below abundance and that's not, you don't have to, you can have it all. I can take a nap today and we're going to do this interview and everything else on my schedule will get taken care of because who's, who's going to die. That's what, that's what, who's about to die. Nobody. This is not the ICU, Sharla. It's not. But I'm so used to being on guard, on alert all the time, ready to do chest compressions, ready to push some epi, ready to like, and then going into being a provider now, it's it's all on me. I am making the decisions. I am writing the prescriptions. I am writing the orders. And that's really why I had to learn to lean in on God because I'm like, I'm not by myself. God, where do these people need to go? Sending that kid, who, how, I am not... <laughs> We general peds. So that means I know a lot of stuff about a lot of things. But if you're a master of all, you cannot be. I'm not a specialist. I'm not a hematologist, uh, uh, you know, an oncologist, nurse practitioner. A neo, like, I just know this is all. I know who to send you to. Go on, go on. Go on about your way. Something ain't right here because you was yellow. <laughs> you looking like raw chicken. And that's not okay. okay. <laughs> it's not okay, okay, baby. It's not. And so, you know, we have to understand that. You can have exceedingly abundantly here with what you have. Mm, you want it, steward well over it. Steward well over it. We do not have to struggle. And it's it's not. The struggle is trying to let yourself know that you don't have to go into survival mode. Because by default, we do what we want to do to survive. Let me talk to you, um, ma'am, superwoman, girl. This was boy, boy, man, whoever. Yeah, who? And and the reason I say women is because we black women in particular, we will, we will literally sacrifice our lives, and our sanity, and everything else. We have a good heart behind it, and God said this to me one day because I He told me to go back to school, and I was teaching nursing school, and working my job. And I didn't want to stop teaching nursing school because that was like my, you know, my like play money. And we had just bought our house. And I was like, God, I got like 
this is scary, this is easy money. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, let me know when you're done being Jehovah Jireh and you're going to let me be Jehovah Jireh. And I was like, oh, to whom am I concerned? This is my letter of resignation. <laughs> Woo, I know that was for somebody. If you out there and you work with something that you know God told you to start working. Yes. You didn't do it. Yeah. Let, and let God be God, be the yeah. provider of your life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just do the last thing God told you to do. If you yeah. hear God telling you to teach Bible study, like even this year, my first year of entrepreneurship, I just knew I, was, I had a plan. It was going to be great. I was going to just, oh, I was out here. Oh, I was out here in these streets. <laughs> And the first three months, God said, sit down. What? <laughs> I got bills. You're going to sit right here. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> okay. When I tell you he has provided exceedingly and abundantly. And even still. My flesh is still like, but I got to do something. You are, right? I was, I, I'm in this space now where I'm like frustrated because I'm like, I had this plan and like, I'm trying to work the plan, but God is changing the plan. A lot of times he'll get you to the point where you think that you know everything. So, because if he would have showed me this, I would have stayed at that job a little bit longer to make sure that I had this plan mapped out. And that's not how this works. You're in new territory. So we're going to, we're going to start anew. And so what he's showing me is like this year, it's just building, building behind the scenes. My bills are paid. I'm getting flued out. Like I'm still living life. I got to spend Christmas with my nieces and my nephew and I love them. So I'll be trying not to cry. We moved. Um, we lived in St. Louis. I'm not from St. Louis, but we lived there. Uh-uh. <laughs> you know. Because mm, 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 mm. my husband born and raised St. Louis, so he got the over there. He sees uh, stuff like that, like oh boy. <laughs> um, but because of me being in healthcare, the clinic is closed. But you would you have to kind of like find your spot to try to get off for Christmas. Everybody wants off for Christmas because so, you would either work the day before or the day after. But we were closed on Christmas, but the day after Christmas were open. So I would find myself having to work like, you know, the day before, the day after. Well, my family's out of state. So I don't, I can't go. Into, who can, who's going somewhere for a day? Mm-hmm. I can't do that. This year, we got to spend Christmas with our babies. And we've seen them, but, you know, we would go to St. Louis like for a wedding and then make sure that we, you know, see them. Da-da-da. It was a full weekend of pure chaos and joy. It was like, we just had so much fun. We rented a cabin a little bit, um, a couple hours away from St. Louis. My sister came up with the kids and it was all five of them. And it was just the, that moment let me know that I made the right decision. I get to be with my family. They're not gonna be this big forever. Mm -hmm. They're not gonna be this big forever they because my auntie i'm 31 now and my tt is still my tt mm-hmm. and i know that sometimes she's just like this was my baby and now she is grown <laughs> now she is a whole woman and so learning to find joy in that there's a new level of freedom that i have to be able to spend christmas 
with my family and come back home and not be like, oh, now I got to work. Um, when I worked in a hospital, if I wanted time off like that, I would do, we would call it the, like the, the schedule of death where you were going on vacation. So you'd work because you do three, because look, listen, because you would do our, a work week for a nurse at the bedside is three days. So you do three days and that's your full work week. The thing would be though, is that they would sked, like they would scatter it. So if you were going out of town, some people would work six shifts in a row because then you got this gap because you've worked all of your, all of mm -hmm. your days. I did it one time. It's the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> By the time you get on vacation, you are so tired. And you got to be tired. Six hours in a row. And each night is a little different because you never know what's happening. By the end, I'm just like, oh, the unit's on fire? Okay. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> right? And God forbid you get a baby, an NAS baby, a, a neonatal abstinence syndrome, like a withdrawal baby. That baby is crying to the high heavens all <laughs> What do I say? Ooh, I literally took this baby one time and I made a papoose on my chest because, sir, you stressed that they they reduced your morphine. I'm also stressed that they reduced your morphine. Um, so I'm gonna hold. You're gonna sit right here. I have the chart, so you gonna sit right here attached to my body. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ of Nazareth! Please, please stop crying. Please, because on night shift, we don't get no orders. Don't nobody care that we are tired. Nobody cares that this baby cross on that. Nobody. nobody cares. And they were out of my maroons, and I called my charge nurse. I was like, I'm about to take this baby off the monitor because they're typically they're fine. You know, they're bigger, so I can come off the monitor. And I need I need to chart. I need to chart, and I need you to sleep because it's a it's a spiral. You're agitated because they, you know, after moms are on drugs, well give the baby morphine so like let's say the mom's on heroin we'll give you give them morphine you can't just pull them off they'll get the dts and they'll die so we'll give them a morphine and start trying to wean them it's not the baby's fault <laughs> he's stressed but now on top of him being stressed he's also tired and it's a spiral so if i gotta papoose you to my chest because because my little uh my my bosom was well known in the NICU. i mean people would bring their babies to me <laughs> you think it's a girl they'd be like charla you got time to hold my little baby real quick. So I can feed the other one. Because my bosom was welded. Girl, them babies, girl, give me this pillow. Listen, motherhood is calling your name. Girl, yes. So I'm like, mm, I hold them. I, call, I used to call it, um, this is room, uh, the room number X. I was like, this is room X over here. I'm like, right here. Mm -hmm. You want to go to room X? Okay, come on. Because <laughs> we have to get it done. We have to get it done. <laughs> girl we have to get it done and so you know it just really it it changed it changed my outlook to be able to have the freedom to do that um my niece her cat died my sister bought her a kitten the kitten died this happened like a month ago and the kitten had some rare disease got mm. sick and died and she was devastated and my sister called me up and she was like hey um I found another because the lady, the lady was so devastated that they bought the cat from that she shut down her, her. It's called a cattery. We have dogs and we've never had cats growing up as kids. So I was like, "What is a cattery?" <laughs> but she had closed it down, and my sister last minute needed me to let this because she like to put the guys in Florida though, and I'm like, "You want me to? You want me to let a cat in my house? I don't like cats. You want me to let a cat?" 
in my residence with my two dogs. Mm, oh my God. But we did it. And my sister flew out. And my niece also got to come and it was a surprise. And I would not have been able to do that because he came in the middle of the day. Like if I were working at my job still, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to do that. Then they were here the next day. We were able to go to the beach because it was only like a little day trip that came to get the cat and leave. Mm -hmm. Go to the beach. Next thing you know, I'm in the ocean, in the beach, in my jeans with my niece. And my sister took videos. She's like, I knew I had to get this on tape. She said, when I looked up and saw that you had rolled your jeans up and you were now in the water with with her, she said, this is love. This, because I would never, she's like, this is love. (laughs) And I wouldn't, I can't do that. That freedom does not exist in in working in the traditional sense of a nurse. Those moments are also a part of my legacy, not not just the degrees and that, but the my niece remembering like my TT helped my mommy surprise me with a new kitty. And she took me to the beach. She said, this was so worth it. You bringing me here. My sister was like, I'm glad you got a job and money. (laughs) This was so worth it. You bringing me here. Right. And so it's those moments you can never get back time you can never get back Mm -hmm. and so even while you're on your job remember that each day is yours it's yours I would laugh with my coworkers. people would talk about like a lot of doctors they're like really like a stiff upper lip and no I'm a human being too I go home and I you know have a family just like you we can get the work done we can be professional and we can have a good time it doesn't have to be boring we're gonna have a good time the work is stressful enough so find happiness and joy in every, it's yours. It's yours. And, and those that are in a toxic workspace now, you have the authority. Maybe I need to do a whole webinar on this. Yep, turn it around. Anyway, it is, t- the time is now. The time was yesterday <laughs> to turn it around. Yeah. So, yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. Like somebody, you, somebody will come to know Christ because you're walking in your authority. Mm-hmm. And they so, will wonder why. Yes. Know? I, like, there's, there are five people off the top of my head who I can think of right now who are like, one, one lady was another nurse practitioner and she was like, at first, I'm always pretty quiet when I first meet people because I have to, my discernment, I got to, I got to figure out what's happening here. That's how I am. So. Once I, <laughs> I space, this me, like, it's like this, like, you know, I've been out here talking to you for, child, I told you it's going to be long. I told you. <laughs> I'm like, girl, we going to be here because my career, it's, it's such a dynamic thing. And like, there's so many times that I've seen God, um, but this, this other nurse practitioner, her husband was going through um, like alcohol addiction. Mm. and we started, I don't, we just became really good friends. I don't even remember how it got to the point where we were doing Bible study, but, oh, I think every time we talk, you know, the, the stuff I would say would just be like biblical principle. You're going to get Bible whether you know it or not. That's where I get all my advice from is the Bible. Um, and so she started going back to church. And in the moment, I don't think I'm not like, oh, like, you know, the heaviness of that. But like, that's wild. That is really crazy. Yes. 
And she, and here's the thing too. Here's the thing about God. This is a white woman. This is not, you know, oh, this is my sis. No, she is my sis. I love her. But this is a, a like, she's a Wahite woman. Like we, it, there was one time on lunch break where I was like, we're not dancing. Like, don't, <laughs> what, girl? Girl. <laughs> I said, what do you, what is that dance you just did? <laughs> The, the cowboy boogie song came out that was her jam and she's like you want to see my dance and i was like don't do that in public but but you did but you 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 were in purpose yeah you bought her back look bought her back come on and so just know that that toxic work environment there is somebody there that you're on assignment for and once you stop complaining about having to go in every day and you start asking god who am i here to bless today you you'll be cooking with grease as my daddy said uh, which is bad for your health. <laughs> yeah, well, now we cooking with grease, but also high cholesterol. What? I love that, Charlotte. Who am I here to bless today? Mm-hmm. To if serve? You, yes. Who are you here to serve? Mm-hmm. If you just change your perspective, change your perspective, mm-hmm. it'll be so much better. Yes. Look, those burdens you think you can look. Surrender them things to God, and it, it's above me. It's above you. It's above you. It's above you. Working through the pandemic, and people were so pressed watching the news all the time. I had to command authority in the office because they. I would just ignore them because I'm like, y'all are not about to stress me out. But then it got to a point where it was affecting the atmosphere, and I walked into the, the break room one day. I was like, y'all come here, everybody. Now look, y'all know I'm not because I have a good rapport. They know that. I'm not coming to fuss to be fussing. I said, let's talk about this. I understand that everybody has fears, right? Nobody wants to die. This is this is scary. We don't know if you got a cold or if you got COVID and now, you know, we're all going to die. We don't know. Here's what I want us to focus on. Know that y'all have my full support, that I'm going to do everything that I can within reason to make sure that we are screening people having because at one point girl people were lying so they weren't they girl don't even get me started people would say that they had no symptoms on the on the thing where they checked in before we let them in the building and then come in and be like actually I do need to get a COVID test it's happened to me one mom brought her son in for a physical exam and I said, do you have any, any concerns? He was like, she was like, oh, he's a little congested, but he was like a teenager. So with the teenagers, we separate them because it was him and his sister. Mm-hmm. We separate them to get them privacy. Holy Spirit was like, because at one point when the shot came out, they told us we didn't have to wear a mask no more. Y'all are on crack cocaine. If y'all think yes, wear that mask. Mm-hmm. You was on crack cocaine. I'm going to get back eat and I'm going to wear my mask, as Andrew called. I was like, I'm going to wear it. Okay. <laughs> because, be, because. I trust God, but I don't trust these people. I've seen, I've seen them come in. No, 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 no. Actually, you know, it is. Uh-uh. And so before I even touched him, I said, hey, your mom's when you were a little congested. You know, what else you got going on? Girl, he had every symptom. Lost the taste and smell. All of it, everything, everything, everything. He had everything. Get every symptom so then i had to go get the mom because he's not he's two months from being 18 so i'm like mom we need to test him but it's but it's not that though girl girl how you gonna how you gonna tell me girl sis <laughs> sis it's a swab let me swab him 
and we'll find out in 15 minutes. Positive. And my medical assistant who I said, hey girl, I know that the company said we shouldn't, but I'm like, you know, I work to clinic majority of this and people do not be telling the truth. They don't want COVID because then their kids got to sit out for 10 days. It's logistically, it's a mess. Yeah. Not that everybody was doing it maliciously, but we worry so much about ourselves. You don't consider the fact that, hey, the, the doctor has a family to go home to that she would prefer not to give COVID to. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so um, he had COVID. And then my medical assistant that I was working with that day, she got COVID. Because it was just supposed to be a well visit and everybody, you know, the vaccine is out. So, you know, now you don't, you don't have to wear mm-hmm. your, you know, your mask and you know, the devil is a lie. The where devil is lie. Where y'all mask? wearing her mask. I'm gonna wear this mask till I leave here. Because people aren't telling the truth and you can, you can have no symptoms and have it. The mask to me, especially in the doctor's office, that makes sense. I have newborn babies out here who are waiting to be seen. And mm-hmm. even if it's just the flu, I'm like, we should keep, we should have been doing this. The flu cases were down dramatically because we're washing our hands and wearing masks. Again, a good thing about the pandemic. Right. Pandemic. I was about to say pandemic. Look, you got me using your word. My dad, um, he doesn't even call it COVID 19. He calls it the vid 19. The vid. The vid one. You may not know this, Crystal. In the middle of our retreat, both of my parents got diagnosed with COVID and got hospitalized in the middle of our retreat. And I don't mean a little bit sick. You know what? I remember that being brought. Oh, my goodness. And we was in the retreat. It was 2020. Yes. Girl. To the post office and um, somebody brought it to work. Eight people got COVID, including my dad. My dad and my parents, my parents are together. So my mom got sick and they were both hospitalized together. Same time. I want to talk about walking in purpose. Here we go. The, the podcast that I didn't want to start, but I'm going to be obedient. And then I decide, hey, I'm going to do this in excellence. So I'm going to go to this podcast retreat and I'm going to learn more about what God, God said to do this. I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it well. Mm-hmm. The minute I commit to doing that, I, y'all, I love my mom, but when I tell y'all I'm a daddy's girl through and through, that is my guy. So for him to have this disease that I know all of, I know what's happening. I'm in it. I'm in the thick of it. I know too much. I literally was devastated. The first thing the devil tried to tell me was he was going to die. And I was like, oh, oh no, 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 we're going to pray. And I'm going to still show up to this retreat. And I'm going to do the things. And I'm going to do what I got to do. And it was one morning, I think it was before the last day. Um, I just was crying because my dad did not want to go to the hospital. Um, because a couple of years ago, he was in a bad car accident. Again, the Lord. Um, I quit a job, y'all, because my dad was in an accident. And I had just started my nurse practitioner job. The hospital um, did something wrong. And my dad ended up about to die with a a septic ileus. Mm -hmm. And I told my new boss that my dad was worse off than what I had anticipated. And she said, she expected me on Monday. And I was like, you can expect Jehovah because I will not be there. 
Uh, Except the Lord. Don't expect values, y'all. Core values. Yeah. So I feel like I was even in that already preparing me for like your values are going to be shifting. Isn't um, that amazing? My dad would have died in that hospital. And then the doctor, because, you know, I'm just a regular old black girl, you know, I'm a black girl in her braids. Like, that is me. I am am me. I don't walk in throwing my title around. It's none of your business. I shouldn't have to do that. You should care for my father because I'm a patient and he's, he's, you know, he's a patient and we're a family at, at the doctor. And this is the difference between doctors and nurses. As nurses, we are taught that the entire family is your patient. Mm-hmm. So if I walk into a room and um, there was a resident that was like, oh, that baby's in there crying. Or the mom's in there crying. She, she went in to go look at the baby. And I took the resident by the hand. I was like, let's go find out what's going on with her. Can you just walk by the mom? Could you just came in and assess the baby? Residents don't be knowing. but this doctor when I walked in um basically I was like you know my dad has been sick he was on medic somebody hit him in a car accident broke his hip they gave him heavy medication his hip is surgically repaired and they weren't giving him the medication to make him go have a bowel movement so he got he had a blockage would it's y'all know that stuff can seep into your bloodstream and you get septic and you will die that that's what happens it, it's it's garbage <laughs> like you know it's, it's garbage so um that job i quit girl i get one daddy goodbye Hello. so for him to get COVID, the devil literally was like this time he's gonna die this time and mm. there's nothing you can do because even if i would have flown out there they weren't letting us in the hospital because you know it's right. Oh, I know. I could. I, I could not. I there was. I could do nothing. So I did what I could do. <laughs> like I was praying. I sent them every medication, every every vitamin I could think of. I said, I ordered them inhalers. I sent a zithromycin. I was like, y'all take these things. My dad complaining to me about me having him take three thousand milligrams of vitamin C. I was like, take it or I'm flying out. Right. <laughs> parents be hard headed. When they, when the roles get reversed, oh child, child, <laughs> chalet, and let you be a medical professional child. I'm like, take it or else. Oh, <laughs> God be saying stuff he used to say to me, girl. I oh, I get him good. Like you gotta, you gotta throw them, throw them phrases back to your parents. Yeah. <laughs> and, my, and my mom, she wasn't as bad. Um. But my dad was bad. And so my mom had went because she's like, I'm just tired. I'm like, mom, I'm telling you, I think dad has COVID. You have COVID. It's COVID. But you know, what do I know? I'm a kid. So she went in. Not like I'm not trained in this. Right, 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 right. Um, and so she went in, they ended up keeping her. So now my dad's at home with my sister, who's, you know, not her typical. Um, so she doesn't drive. She just started driving lessons. I'm so proud of her. Um, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't drive. And she was doing the best she could. She was like, I want to be like, you want to be a nurse? I was like, are you ready? Because we're about to do this. So I'm walking her through, like, wash your hands before you go in there. Put put this mask on. Okay, take dad's temperature. So we're, we're doing this. In, this is in between sessions of the, of the retreat. We're <laughs> doing this. And the Saturday night, my dad's temp got up to 104. 
and Kayla, like his heart rate, his, I can send a pulse ox because I'm crazy, crazy. I'm gonna check your oxygen. So his, his oxygen was 86. That is not good. It's supposed to be 90, 92 and above for a regular person. COVID, anything below 90. So 86, 86 is like, we may, you may get a tube. It's not the worst. I, I used to work at ICU, so I was like, I've seen people drop to like the 60s, but still, it, that's not the point here. The point is, they turn blue. Yeah. The point is, the point is that he needed to go to the doctor, like to the hospital. And because of the experience that he had with the surgery, he, he black men already don't like it, but yeah. he definitely, they almost killed him the last time he got admitted. So he was not, he was really trying to ride it out. And he's laying there and I'm, I'm counting his respirations and he doesn't know. I'm like, his, his oxygen is low and he's breathing like 30 times a minute. I was like, I said, God, he's dying. Like, like my, my medical break, that's respiratory distress. You need to be, we are on the code. So I'm like, okay, Jesus, not a full blown code, but somebody's coming. Okay. Cause you can drop below that, but 86 and a normal healthy adult, like, no, you about to get, you're about to get CPAP intubated something. So Kayla is, I'm like, Kayla, check his temp. Okay. Let's get him. Let's just get him some Tylenol. And she tried to sit him up to give him the Tylenol. And he had a little coughing fit. And it just shook her. And she literally just fell on top of him crying. And I'm like, I feel so helpless because I'm all the way over here. She's having a moment. I mean, you know, even if even if she was neurotypical, but you know, when you are dealing with someone that is on the autism spectrum, they like she wear her heart on her sleeves. She was like, she's like, he's dying. Like, like, so now I'm like, Dad, I'm calling EMS. Period. Like, I have to. He's like, please do not. Even if I called them and if he refused to go, they're not gonna take him. So okay. He's like, I'm he said, he said, I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna go. Cause I was like, Kayla, you may have to drive dad. Right. Um, and I was like, well, oh God, it's four o'clock in the morning. How are we going to get her home? Mind you, I got my pictures today for the podcast. Girl. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and so my dad was like, let me call you back when I get in the car. And my dad, this man went to Iraq and then shot it and all the things. Mm-hmm. Right. He's he's tough. So he calls us. He calls us back. But in the in between. I said, God, you told me that my dad wasn't going to die. He looks like he's dying. I don't know what to do. And he was like, you need to stop looking at him. And come look at me. Stop looking at him. I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) This is not time for parables. (laughs) 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 Because my medical, because my knowledge. And this is why you can't all, this is why you can never exalt the knowledge that you have above God. My, the medical, my medical knowledge is like, this is so bad. This is pre-vaccine. This is, this is, this is still new. This is bad. My mom's already in the hospital. <laughs> now here he, here he comes. So I wake my husband up. It's four o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I need you to FaceTime with dad while he drives to the hospital. God told me to bring my husband into the office with my dad on the phone, turn on some worship music and to pray the entire time. 
don't even look at the phone. Just have my husband keep an eye on him to make sure that he gets there safely. Girl, as I'm praying, I didn't even have words because here I am just, God, I love my dad so much. I need you to like this. I I cannot deal with this. <laughs> like the, I cannot deal with that. This is not going to work. My dad drove himself all the way to the hospital. I said, can I call them to let them know that you're outside? They bring your wheelchair. No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because he, he wanted the, it's for him was like, I'm going to walk in here and I'm going to walk out of here. Right. Mm-hmm. It was for him. It was, mental. It was that mentality. Mm-hmm. And he sat in the car. My dad is, I've never heard my dad tell me he was afraid. And both times we had these intimate moments where i was like dad i will stay here and i will quit this job if you want me to do you want me to stay he said yes i've never i've never in my life this is my superhero Mm -hmm. right so um girl he walked into that hospital he calls me back he's like your your finger machine was broken the uh, the pulse ox Mm -hmm. it was brand new it's not broken right his oxygen was 95. oh what I said, God, that is the one. Look, that mm. God. It was in that moment. He still had the hospitalization. It still was rough, but that was God saying, "I told you, he's not gonna die." Mm-hmm. Mm. Go, on, go on, get up, get get the snot up off your nose, and go on and do these pictures. <laughs> Yeah, that, that story gave me so many chills. Like I can totally relate to that story so many ways. Um, I'm just so happy that both your parents mm-hmm. got through COVID. Yes. And, and I do have a similar story as well. The fathers are very, very hard headed when it comes to going to take care of their health. So I'm just like, huh? yes, all all the things you did. I'm like. Yes. <laughs> I yelled. I I yelled at him. <laughs> you gonna take these vitamins. I said, like, quit playing with me. Like <laughs> I know, and I felt so bad because he was so he he was trying to explain it to me after. He was like, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I knew he was sick when I called that man and he said he was drinking water. I said, Oh no, he's got he's got the cookie. <laughs> he don't drink water. He don't no. <laughs> This is the man who, when they used to go out in the military to go to the field, would pack Kool-Aid packs to put in his water. <laughs> no. <laughs> so if you're drinking water, I said, oh, he's dying. Um, and this was before it even got worse. I said, oh, I told, I told my husband, I said, hey, no, he's he's like, he's bad sick. He's hella sick. He's dying. He's drinking water. And my husband's like, what? I was like, he's drinking water. You don't know what this means. I don't understand what that means. This is like serious. Like, <laughs> but no, and and so it just it when your values shift and God is moving, you there's gonna be moments like that for everybody in your career, at home, in your life. I will always be grateful that God had me become a nurse because it literally helped me save my father's life. It is. Even if I never worked at the bedside another day in my life, 
I'm able to serve, not just him. I get phone calls from everybody. Now that it's a little annoying sometimes <laughs> because they call me about themselves. And they're like, kids, what part of pediatrician? <laughs> Do you not understand? I don't <laughs> with this, you, you know, you have general knowledge of like adults and things like that. But um, I get to serve my family too. And so, you know, I get the call from my sister. Hey, I think <laughs> Maya broke her arm playing soccer. You know, she she's the goalie, like diving for the ball. So, you know, me being able to check, like, it's just the way I get to serve my family with the knowledge as well. It's just, it's more compensation than a job. Yes, I love that. Did y'all hear that? Money ain't everything. It's nothing. It's, it's not money is paper. It is. It is. Mm. It is. Oh my goodness, Charlotte! I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I was like, "Girl, this this would this family child was in the retreat. Girl, you don't do that retreat child. What happened to me?" <laughs> Like, I remember, oh my goodness, girl, we were yeah, all just, in there playing. When I tell you, like, yeah, yeah, yeah and you can't be afraid to ask. Let me tell you what I knew. We did not, we met each other that day. But there is safety in knowing that you're in a space of people who believe the same God as you. Amen to that. I could do nothing with the medical knowledge that I had, but I knew that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. I knew that one could chase a, a thousand and two could send 10,000 to flight. And I needed everybody to fly, okay? Because mm. my dad, my dad, my mom wasn't as bad off. She just was, she was just more so like, she was in like the hospital. She, I knew she was sick when she called me back and they gave her an IV. I said, oh, you let them, you let them sick you? Cause she has a really bad needle phobia. Um, well, I'm like, oh, everybody's everybody's sick, but she wasn't. She we got her to the hospital early, okay. so it wasn't as dramatic of a tale of this man who. I said, Are you trying to die in my old room? What is wrong with you? What? Get up! <laughs> Get up now! Get up now, Lazarus! <laughs> Get up! And Get but you know, just knowing that you may have to find you a prayer partner at work. Yes. Well, y'all pray together. Pray for that boss that's getting on your nerves. You don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Pray for um, teachers and students. When I was uh, talking about coming in at the time, these kids come into these classrooms and they we don't know what they're facing. I remember being at high school. I've, I have had friends of mine from high school commit suicide while I was in school, you know, at, during that time. Mm. And so these, these babies, these kids, these people, we have to see them. We have to see them how God sees them. And not as inconveniences. It would get to a point where, you know, the job stinks so bad that we can get apathetic and we're very indifferent. And that's where the enemy comes in and wins because you're not on your guard no more. Right. Now he's roaring around. He's he's walking around like a roaring lion and you're primed for the picking because you just are so tired and apathetic. You have to ask God to refresh and renew you every day and to give you the eyes to see everybody you encounter like they're his because they are this is your that boss that gets on your nerves that's god's daughter or son and it can be exhausting but you have that's how you command authority you pray for that boss serve them uh-huh serve them yes serve them. What can I do for you? is there something you need me to do today serve them but we we get so self-righteous 
Girl, I ain't about to do that. I ain't about to be sucking up. It, it's not. It's serving. It's not. Yeah. Jesus washed Judas's feet too. Mm. It's called being a servant leader. When you mm-hmm. transition your mindset to from being a just a regular leader to becoming a servant leader, mm-hmm. that's when you will take on you know the take on the responsibilities. And it not be, oh, I'm at this status and I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's above, that's beneath me. Mm-hmm. It is none of that. No. When you are a true servant leader, listen, you are you are serving. Because no. that's how my chat, who you working for? The Lord. Who the your Lord. real boss? Who your real boss? Whew. Mm. And that and listen, we just gonna put it like that. Yeah. <laughs> my medical assistants, they said that they love that about me. Because you'll have doctors sit in clinic and you see that there are all these people waiting and you know we're understaffed and you act like you can't do vitals. I'm like, girl, put them in the room, I'll do vitals. I was a nurse. I was a CNA. I'm not handicapped. Should I have to? No. This clinic, they don't be staffing right. But that's not your fault either. And it's not the patient's fault. The goal is to get these people in and out in a timely fashion. So if I'm the parent and I took time off work, I don't want to sit here because the doctor thinks he's too good to do, to do a set of vital signs. I'm and so in that, I was serving my medical assistants. They used to love, they go, oh, girl, I love you, Dr. Walker, because you'll, you'll do the things. We are working together. Yes. We, mm. And when you carry that mindset with you to any type of workplace, yeah. I guarantee it will go so much smoother. It will, yeah. You're showing the people that you're raising up, literally the people that are behind you, you're showing them that it's okay to do the, all the things. It's okay to serve people above you and below you. It's okay. Yeah. Despite the status. Yeah. It's like we gotta take that, we gotta take that hierarchy out of the yes. workplace. It's it's, Jesus it's really God. detrimental to, to the mission of a company. Yeah. And I don't know what's gonna happen to make that change, but I'm gonna be part of the change because my clients, yeah. they're not even gonna look at the hierarchy. They're gonna be like, oh, this is a man, this is a woman. And we gotta just serve. We just gotta my brother, my sister. Yes, this is God's child. God's child. So if I see you hurting, if I see you know, I would have medical assistants where they're having an off day, and I know it's not of their character. Mm-hmm. I would just say, "Hey, girl, are you okay?" Instead of, "I can't believe it's taking her all this time to get this patient back." Is there something I can do for you? Mm-hmm. Oh man, my my grandma died yesterday. <laughs> what? I said, why are you here? Why are Thank you? Thank you. That's the, that's the next question. Why are you here? Because they're making so little. They can't afford to take off. I said, okay, look, listen to me. I am I want you to go home. You're not doing me no good when you're not okay. So I would call the office manager and say, hey, did you know such and such as grandma died yesterday? No. I Which most times they did. They probably just ask, like, oh, so what, can you come in anyway? <laughs> like, whatever. No. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make. I'm sending you home. I'm sending you home. Here's a gift, here's a gift card. I will. I will give you money. I'm sending. Please go home and take care of yourself. Go home. Go home. This place. We gonna be fine. I don't want to be short. Go home. And that's and honestly, that's with anything. Like if if you're having an off day. Take your PCO, 
do do what you need to do prepare the others of your absence listen i am i am no good to i'm not i'm not good to myself right now so i'm surely not going to be good to you and what we have going on prioritize yourself yes prioritize yourself yeah and get in tune to to who you are and to whose you are come on now yes and who he called and yes and who he has called you to be i love it Mm. All right, Shyla. This has been amazing. Uh, this, no, listen, y'all. This won't be the last you hear from Shyla. No, y'all. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I, I, I told Crystal, I said, "Girl, this is gonna be." Um, I got a lot to say. Yeah, and, but it was a lot of good things. I, I, I hope that you all laughed with us. Yes, girl. You cried with us. Yes, I hope. This the story about my dad, made me. I, I ain't told this girl, story. To me. I was like, I'm oh. gonna cry. That see watching my sister on FaceTime fall over him and start crying. I lost it. I was so strong up until then. I lost it. 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 (laughs) (laughs) But yes, we just thank God for the healing. We thank God for all of all of everything that He has done and that He is going to do in your life, Charlotte. We just thank Him. Yes, and y'all lives too. Oh. Don't forget to go back and look at the the little miracles, or the oh, not so little ones, because we we don't appreciate them, and so then we feel like um, God has forsaken us, and He's just preparing us. Mm. Look, Lord, take me to the wilderness, mm. Mm. please. T- take me to the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Take me over. Look, come on. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, so Charlotte, how can the people follow you? Girl, I'm everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram um, over at God Goals and Girl Talk. That is the name of my podcast. Um, you can listen to my podcast, God Goals and Girl Talk. You can follow me on YouTube at Dr. Charlotte Walker. I'm getting ready to start doing monthly Bible studies there. Um, you can join the society, the Western Boss Up Society. I'm a host there. So it's myself, Tatum Tamia, Kavaya Watrice, and Rosalind Renee. And we do business trainings for entrepreneurs. But honestly, it's really turned into like this whole life. Like we do mental health, personal development, all the things. I teach Bible study there twice a month. They be, they be wild. We, we, the Bible is wild. So, um, so you can follow me there. Girl, what else? What are we doing? I be out here. Y'all just Google me. I'm <laughs> <laughs> these streets. Try to just do what God told me to do. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm we in these yellow streets. That's all I'm like, oh, I'm streets. Just try to be what God said. <laughs> Seriously, like we just all out here trying to be obedient, busy being obedient. Hashtag that. Okay. Because that's the true success. That's the true success in any aspect of your life. Okay. That's a shirt. This is girl. Oh, that's not we're gonna have another conversation. That's a whole other conversation. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. Until next time. Thanks for joining us here at the Peculiar Career Chat Podcast. Thank you for joining me in the Peculiar Palace for another episode of the Peculiar Career Chit Chat Podcast. I pray this episode empowered and inspired you to go forth and conquer your career journey. So I'll catch you here next time.